America. My name is Ami Osei Frimpong. I come to you live every Friday. I hope this looks like it's going to go. Looks like you're hearing me. Good. I come to you live every Friday. And to do what I do. Good. Good. You're here. You see me. All right. So I come to you live every Friday. We're having some technical difficulties today, but I hope all of those are worked out and so that you can appreciate the quality of political education I give to you every week about this time. Um, so as people file in, what I'm going to do is just give a quick story because while I am not being paid by the electronic tooth comp uh, toothbrush company, I will tell you that I got a new electronic toothbrush and it, it's got a pulse timer, which means every 30 seconds, it kind of stops for a second. And it tells, and, and that tells me to switch quadrant of my mouth. And that is really, it's a lovely thing. So if it's, I didn't know that I was oppressed by having to think about which teeth I'm supposed to brush. Um, but it turns out that um, like you're supposed to just, in your mind, separate your mouth into four quadrants and then every 30 seconds it stops and, it tell, and that tells you to, uh, to uh, brush the other quadrants, an electric toothbrush, so it already takes away a lot of the work. And it really, I've really enjoyed brushing my teeth for the last few days because of it, because like it's nice having someone else to tell you what to do uh, when they're the right person to do it. And uh, you know, so the, the toothbrush telling me, okay, it's time to switch sides of your mouth is actually really helpful. So if you wanna increase the quality of your life for you know, not too much money, get an electric toothbrush with pulse timing and uh, you'll just see what I'm talking about. Those who have it right now know what I'm talking about. Those who don't have it, have it right now who just probably think I'm just crazy. But um, yeah, it turns out, <laughs> turns out it's kind of a, an institution of freedom. I feel like emancipated by not having to worry about, you know, uh, how long I'm brushing and, and, and what part of the mouth I'm brushing. So. With that, I assume everyone's in and the technical woes have gone away. So I'm going to get right to, uh, I'm going to get right to the, the meat of the story, the, the show today, and that's going to be sham elections and how you can separate sham elections from legitimate elections, because this is going to be the era of sham elections. Like the right's going to call all of the elections where they lose a sham and the left's going to call all of the elections they lose a sham. So you need to actually independently know if we're going to actually have some sort of integrity to our democracy, what separates a sham election from a non-sham election? And so you need to understand, uh, in order to see what a sham election is, you need to understand the purpose of a, a real election. So I'm going to go all, through all of that and I'm going to do so with good sense of humor and clarity that is appropriate to uh, my vocation and I'm going to do it right after the opening. Uh, yeah. Sound good to me. Never change the ways for the world or the government. If it was the president, then I would state facts. You leave it up to me, I paint the White House black and it can feature in your front. Change the ways for the world or the government. If it was the president, then I would state facts. You leave it up to me, I paint the White House black and it can feature in your front. All right, so in order to understand what a sham election is, you need to know what a legitimate election is and why they're uh, important. Important. 
So an illegitimate election is important because that's how we decide public issues, issues that involve us all as equals about the governing structures through which we particularize ourselves and as like particular individuals, right? So I get to be, uh, uh, you know, a, a PhD student, a father, a blank and blank, because of these laws that secure like my identity um, while they're securing everyone else's identity who wants to do complementary particular identities. Like I get to be a doctor because someone else gets to be a plumber because someone else gets to be a roofer. And those are all particular identities that are all governed under a law. And together we figure out what the law should be. And then individually we particularize ourselves under those laws, right? So the big questions about law and policy that govern the whole we decide through elections, right? With, so they're judgments about what kind of shape the whole should take. They are not particular power grabs for your particular interests. And this is the first thing uh, people get wrong about elections. So the first kind of sham election is going to be the sham election where everyone goes in thinking it's just a power grab. So say they should vote for what's good for their indiv like individual particular self as opposed to the whole. Because if, it were, if elections were all about people just trying to make power grabs and not trying to secure, make judgments about what's just, then there would be no such thing as a legitimate election because they would all just be like war by any other means by the majority. <laughs> Um, and everyone would just be grabbing what they can because they can, right? So an election is legitimized by it being a judgment about what kind of rules are good for the whole. And since we all have different ideas about that and we can all come to different judgments, we sort them out through elections. But they're all judgments about the whole, not power grabs for individual interests. That's going to be the first thing. That's why, um, so that's the first way we've distorted what elections are, right? So the questions on the ballot are going to be questions about the whole, not questions about how you can individually get rich, right? So even if you are, for example, a defense contractor, you should not necessarily vote for the president who is going to take us into the most amount of wars because that's good for your business. That would actually be a dereliction of duty um, for how you uh, discharge your duties in the office of a citizen. And Louis Brandeis said this office of a citizen is the most important office there is in these United States. So like, even as a citizen, you have duties, right? So when you use when you use your office as a citizen in order to enrich yourself personally, that's not much different than a congressperson using their office as a congressperson to enrich themselves personally. It's both a corruption of the office. So as a citizen, you're supposed to make judgments about the whole, and we have elections because we all have different ideas and judgments about the whole. It's not just so you can um, use it as a power grab for your personal enrichment. It is an official responsibility being a citizen and elections are how we kind of work out the different judgments we come we've come to about the whole not 
how we kind of go to war against each other, each thinking about ourselves. All right. So I hope that uh, that's clarified at least one way to separate a legitimate election where everyone just has different ideas about what the whole should do, but is making a judgment about the whole versus everyone's taught to just do what's good for themselves. In which case, the election doesn't, isn't, isn't going to be about justice. It's going to be a power play about um, individual interests. And uh, yeah. Right. So one way um, to, so th th that's one form of sham election. The other form of sham elections are easy. Like if someone's just dropping in like ballots coming from nowhere that, that I've had that have been counterfeit ballots, that's going to be a form of sham election. Um, uh, like that's, that's, uh, but there are going to be different forms of sham elections. Just so like there are different forms of, 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 of weak money, right? Like, you can have weak money if there's just like if we print a lot of too much money, then then the the, the dollar goes down. You can have counterfeit money if it, so it's not worth anything anymore. Worthless. There are different kinds of worthless money. There are different kinds of worthless elections. It's just and you can also have worthless money if you just um, it's not official money, right? So you can also have you can have worthless. You can have uh, sham elections if someone just prints ballots at home and then drops them off at the election office to be counted as if they're, uh, they're supposed to be the voice of the citizen. Or you can have um, sham elections where everyone is just um, using the ballot to enact their personal come up, and in which case it's not about justice, it's just about who happens to have um, uh, the interest of 50, who's bribed 51% of the electorate. All right. It's not about freedom and the realization of freedom through our policies. So there's going to be a difference between, and these policies are the policies that allow us to particularize ourselves as individuals. So I get to be a, you know, I get to be a, a, a PhD student because other people are plumbers and other people are roofers, and um, together we come together to uh, decide the laws that govern the whole through which we particularize ourselves as individuals, right? Um, so when I particularize myself as individuals, as an individual, I do so in a way that um, uh, acknowledges other people's ability to particularize themselves as different individuals, as a different kind of individual. But when we come together to decide the rules for the whole, everyone is thinking about the whole, right? And those are political questions. So. That's one kind of sham election. Um, when you don't think about the whole, you're just looking for a come up. In which case, if everyone's doing that, then the whole election is going to be dubious because it's just a power play by a bunch of really like sociopathic people um, who happen to be reside in the same uh, area. But another form, um, another form of sham election is when a ballot is put before you, but you don't know anything about what's on the ballot. I, I had my first experience with this when I was voting in Chicago. In Chicago, you have to vote for all these judges, but they're like a lot of judges, and you don't know anything about any of them. So the ballot just is, ends up being the means through which the party functionaries legitimize whatever grift has been decided beforehand. So that's the electorate being used to legitimize a faction's interest. Um, because I, I, there was no means for me to decide 
there was no means for me to actually have content to my vote for these judges because I didn't know anything about any of the judges and there was no like way to find out uh, to contrast them for me to make a judgment, right? So that's another form of sham election where the vote, the, the electorate can't have access to make a judgment, access to the information to make a judgment, an informed judgment about which one of these policies or politicians would be good for the whole. That is another form of sham. And that is, and, and that feels like it's not a sham election because you're actually voting, but you're voting based on, um, it's like <laughs> kids voting on, uh, you know, charges given to them by the candy maker, right? Like they're gonna vote on the side of the candy maker. Like you're voting, you're voting, but you don't have the tools you need to make an informed judgment. So like, these are, this becomes a big issue with people who want you to vote but don't want to give you the content about what to vote for. They just want you to vote because that means they want you to be the flesh of their aspirations. People who just want to vote, you can call them voteps, you can call them anything you want. People who just want you to vote but won't answer your questions about what to vote for and why uh, and, and, what that, and what that means. They don't want your judgment. They want you to be the body for their own aspirations. They want you to be empty so that they can fill you up and fill up the office with their own aspirations. And so that's a, that's a form of sham elections because that's not actually about the electorate's judgment. We don't want the electorate to actually make a judgment. We just want them to vote for us <laughs> and we'll make all the judgments. That's not, that's, that's not any sort of democracy that's going to be meaningful, right? So that's going to be another form of sham election. And that's the vote blue no matter who. And black people, we don't need to vote blue no matter who. Like, I don't, like, I don't, we need stuff, man. We need reparations, we need jobs, we need uh, infrastructure. We don't, we don't, we don't need to beat Republicans. We need clean water. And if that, and that comes to beating Republicans, fine. But that's like beating Republicans, it, it should be fifth on your list. Clean water, good jobs, and, and getting your politicians to, to secure black community uplift through reparations these things we need to be made whole like we don't need to vote blue no matter who that's something that people who have stuff <laughs> who have a functioning government uh can, or can afford to do so um be very suspicious of voteps who just want you to vote 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 and think that you should get dignity out of voting regardless of the content of what you're voting for and regardless of your judgment that's not that's that they're using your vote to enact. You are the black flesh of white supremacy. If that's how, um, if that's how our vote is being used, right? Because it's not going to like secure policies that will make black people whole. It will secure policies that will just kind of keep the grift going in the standing order of black degradation. So, um, for elections to mean something, they have to be. Uh, elected by people who are making a judgment about the question, and the question has to be about the whole. Like last week, I told I I said that the Alabama election in Bessemer for the Amazon is a bit of a sham election because people aren't making a judgment about whether it's fair to be hey, whether it's fair to be um, uh, represented by unions. 
they're making a judgment about whether the factory is going to shut down. So the question on the ballot isn't whether they think that a union will represent them to the boss better than individually one by one. The question on the ballot is, do you want to risk this entire workforce shutting down? And so when we interpret the election results, it's not going to be an anti-union vote that um, that will be realized in that uh, in that election. What's going to be um, realized in that election is going to be uh, the fear of people losing their jobs. They're voting against oblivion, right? They're not voting for and against the union. They're voting for or against like social death and joblessness. Right, so that's a sham election because you need the economic um, stability um, so that the question on the ballot is actually a political question and not like the question about whether they deserve to eat. Because what's on the ballot in the Amazon election in Bessemer, Alabama, isn't uh, do you think a union would represent you better or more fair or more justly than an individual? It's do you want to risk Amazon shutting down and going to a neighboring county. So that's an election that's going to serve to legitimize what is a standing order of degradation. Right? And you know, depending on who you talk to, if you gave uh, you know, slaves an election, a, a ballot to um, voting rights, but then said you could vote. But just know that if you vote to end slavery, we're not gonna give you any land, we're not gonna give you any money, we're not gonna give you any protection, and your master is going to be very upset and, you're not, and we're not gonna allow you to leave. And in that case, you're gonna find a lot of slaves who are going to say like, well, you know, the devil we know is better than like being cast off into oblivion, being cast off to Jim Crow. And uh, you know, and it'd be, it would be even worse because it wouldn't be a pretense. Uh, we're not going to give you any protection. And the sheriff and your old master are all going to um, be violently aggrieved. But here's your ballot. Do you want slavery? Where the master at least is going to um, in some way protect you. <laughs> You're going to be under at least the master's auspices from other masters. Whereas if you vote for freedom, um, the master isn't going to even protect you from other masters. Uh, so if you do that, then don't be surprised when plantation slaves vote to stay on the plantation because the question on the ballot isn't really a political question. It's, um, it's, it's, like if, it, it's not a question about how do we govern as a whole. It's about what kind of vulnerability, um, abject vulnerability do you want? All right, so the way you interpret elections and what's a sham election needs to be set against a legitimate election. And a legitimate election is going to be a an election on a question about how we set the rules that will govern everybody um, as equals. That's going to be the constitutive element of a legitimate election. And in the absence of those leg a legitimate election, then um, the we're just going to have to pick between different varieties of sham elections. And this is going to be the left and the right having a problem. And we need to understand the constitutive elements of a legitimate election, which means, like, look, I have a problem with the election of in Bessemer, Alabama, the Amazon election, because I think that's going to secure a verdict that's not going to actually reflect 
like the justice judgments of the workers. It's going to reflect their fear of being fired. And I have a problem with Nancy Pelosi in San Francisco being elected because Nancy Pelosi has been elected for decades and she has refused to debate any of her candidates, which means, and she was pretty much gifted the spot by because she was a huge, someone retired, they uh, endorsed her and she was the best fundraiser in San Francisco. And, 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 and so she won the special election and then refused to debate for the last 30 years any contenders. And if you can't debate contenders, that means the people in San Francisco aren't even voting based on like knowledge of the contender, not going to publicly debate contenders or take press conferences um, from a hostile press. Then people, the electorate's not making an informed decision, right? So Pelosi's seat, the electorate ends up being the flesh through which the California Democratic Party, like, uh, uses uh, to exert their will. It's not, it's, it's a faction of the uh, Democrat. It's a faction, a factional leadership that uses the electorate, the citizenry, to exert its will as opposed to a vote from the citizenry. Because if it were a vote from the citizenry, the citizenry would have to uh, have the means to differentiate between the candidates. Right? And the citizens don't have the means between, to differentiate between the candidates because Nancy Pelosi refuses to debate any challengers as a matter of she doesn't want to. So, what hap so how do we interpret the election of Pelosi year after year, every two years? It's a sham election because there is, it's not contested. It doesn't have the conditions of contestation. You know, Kim Jong-un gets elected. And I remember in 2004, Saddam Hussein won election in 1994. It would probably be as hard to beat Saddam Hussein um, uh, in, in 2004 than it would be to beat Nancy Pelosi in San Francisco in 2004. It just wasn't going to happen because the conditions of fair elections um, include <laughs> an electorate that's not going to be punished. Uh, via in Iraq, and you know, challengers who can publicly debate and put forth an alternative vision of governance that is like disseminated through a press, a medium. That's why they call the media the media. It's supposed to mediate, right? And in the absence of that, all elections are going to be a sham. It's so whether you're talking about Hussein in 2004 or Pelosi in 2004, uh, it's going to be a sham because it wasn't contested with the conditions of contestation that was seriously realized. And we're not arguing for the conditions of contestation because we don't think about it in terms, in those terms, for a reason. The party functionaries and the leaderships don't want us to think about the conditions of actual fair elections. They want to use our votes to realize their aspirations. Right? And, and we're serious about democracy. We should use our votes to realize our own aspirations through the politicians and through the policy. Use our, use our votes to realize our own judgments about what's good for the whole through our votes and through our policies. But um, that would take a quality of political education that I deliver here every Wednesday, every Friday. And if you like what I do, I think you should go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com and kick in five, fifteen, or fifty dollars a a month. Uh, because I'm giving you I'm giving you a quality of education that maybe you didn't learn in your civics classes. Someone said, has Nancy Pelosi ever had a job? No, her no, 
I don't think she's that. I don't, I don't, I did a little bit of, I, you know, I did enough research to find out that no, she just, she came from money. Her, her dad was mobbed up. Her dad and brother was mobbed up in, in Baltimore. Um, he was a congressman and mayor there. So he, she came with political connections, got married young um, to uh, a guy who was politically connected, a real estate mogul who was politically connected uh, in San Francisco, the, the her brother-in-law was on the county commissioners in San Francisco. And so she was, you know, she was an upper-class housewife and a, a Democratic fundraiser until, you know, she wanted a seat, in which case she got a seat because she was the she was literally the person in San Francisco with the nicest house in the Democratic Party to hold fundraisers. And so like, she's never actually like sat down for an interview, a job interview. And she, and then once she was gifted this seat by someone who retired and said like, Nancy's the one, once she was gifted this seat, she has never sat down for a debate. She doesn't debate challengers. So when she says she represents her people, what does that even mean? What does that even mean? Are people making a judgment based on the content of her, of her, of her policies like in a contested environment? No. No, she's never, she's never had a job. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is the state of play. When, let's get, we're, gonna, we're in an era of sham elections and people are talking about sham elections. It's gonna come from the right and from the left. So we need to also, we need to, this is the time to start talking about the constitutive elements of a meaningful vote. It's going to be a judgment from the citizenry on a vision of the whole. And it's going to have to happen when politicians put together competitive visions of the whole. And so if that's not happening in your Democratic primary, that means that's a sham elect. They're just using your vote. You're just a black flesh of white supremacy. And so watch these vote taps. They want you to vote, but they don't want you to think, which means they want to use your muscle they just like they want you, they want you to vote, but they don't want you to think. That's not much different than they want you to pick cotton, but they don't want you to pay, they pay you. They want to use your muscle. Um, they, yeah, someone said they don't have the freedom to vote honestly. That's, those, those are the people in, in Alabama, um, in Bessemer, Alabama. They don't have the freedom to vote honestly. So whatever is going to be the, the verdict of that election, it's not going to be represented. It's just going to be used as a talking point. Um, they want they want to use they want to use your vote, just like they wanted to use your muscle in order for their own private gain, right? And they've legitimized it through the through the sham of an election. But don't fall for it, don't fall for it. If they want if they want you to vote, then they should like they should want debates. They should want publicly debates and uh, hostile debates through people who want to eat their lunch. You need competitive, contested debates, and that's when your vote will mean something. If, if, if the Democratic Party wants you to vote for them, but they don't actually want to, like, they don't want contested primaries, then they don't want your judgment. They want your flesh. You're just a means for their own aspirations. All right? That means for a fractional, a factional, a faction of the leadership that wants to like control for their own ends. All right. Thank you for your time. I will see you.
next week.